You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right. What's up, ladies and germs out there in listener land? Uh, I had to tell you about a big fear I have. That is that the longer I do these intros and I do podcasting or even broadcasting, so to speak, that I might develop that, uh, you know, douchebag radio guy voice. Uh, You know, sorry to you radio guys out there. But, you know, you know what we're talking about. But that's one of the reasons I love the podcast is just because we get to talk to you folks just regular, just plain old regular talking. And it seems to be that that's what you guys like about it. So thank you. We didn't know if this thing would ever work, and it's working beyond our dreams. We're getting to go out and do live shows now, and people are going to pay tickets to even hear us talk. So thank you for continuing to leave us comments and reviews and stars on iTunes. That's a big deal. That helps us out a lot. That's a good way to support us. Also, I want to let you know, there is a new way to support us, and we'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks. But essentially, the Bad Christian Podcast is listener-supported. So in order to continue to make this thing and to do it and put the time and effort into it and make it free, uh, we would love it if some of you guys, all of you guys, wanted to contribute what you think it's worth. And zero is a totally good amount, but $1 is a great amount, or $1 a month or $5 a month. Maybe that'd be like a dollar an episode. You know, you get 90 minutes. Maybe a dollar. That'd be that'd be fair. We do have a good amount of costs and overhead and stuff that we spend money on here, and uh, we'd love to do more. We'd love to have more time, and we're going to try to go to two episodes a week, and that would be greatly appreciated to help get there. So thank you guys for all your support so far. We could seriously not be more appreciative and blown away that we have an audience in the first place and how big and how engaged you guys are. Thank you for the messages, the tweets, the emails. Cannot wait to meet of all of you, and I hope we do meet each and every one of you as we travel and do the podcast, which we're starting tomorrow. Playing in Seattle tomorrow, tickets still on sale. Then Portland, Chico, California, Joshua Fest, and Sacramento, California. Go check it out on the website. Last thing, King's Kaleidoscope. Pre-order still going awesome at kingsglidescope.com. Already sold out of autographed CDs. There's a bunch of vinyl stuff left. Go get it now before it's gone. Thank you for the feedback on the episode with Chad last week. That was a great one. Thank you, guys. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hold on. Play that backwards. Satan bought me a taco. Oh, forget it. Okay. Okay. We have reached the beginning of your favorite show. The Bad Christian Podcast is live and rocking and rolling and more excited than ever because tomorrow is our first ever Bad Christian live podcast. It's going to be in Seattle at a living room in Seattle. Tickets are available at badchristian.com. You can find them on our Facebook. You can find them on our website anywhere. Praise the Lord. Yep. Now, and then, Matthew. And then Matthew. after that, I'm doing the promo, Joey. Then it's the next day. <laughs> on, on Wednesday, it's going to be Portland. On Thursday, we're going to be in Northern California. And then where are we going to be after that, Toby? Oh, we're going to be at a place called Joshua Fest yes. in Quincy, California, Yay. the great Northern California. And who's going to be at Joshua Fest with us, Toby? Well, we are going to be there, and mm-hmm. so Emery's going to be there, and also Bad Christian, Matt and Toby's going to do a, mm-hmm. a set as well. So are there any other fun. cool bands? Uh, yes, there are, Matt. I think there's going to be bands like Jars of Clay. That's I th- right. I think there's going to be bands like Switchfoot, uh, Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, uh, Ozzy. Ozzy's uh, going to be there. Who else? Tool. Uh, yep, yeah, Tool. And, uh, and a Kurt Cobain hologram. Yeah, yep. And Tupac hologram. 
together, uh, yeah. together again. The classic crime will be there as well as a vocal few. So Sweet. awesome stuff. Joey, go back to what you wanted to interrupt me with. Well, I was just going to um, say that I think you misled our listeners. You said tomorrow tomorrow. is going to be our first podcast recorded live. live. That sounds like we're going to have a podcast that's going to be available for people to listen to. No, live in the living room. You can buy a ticket and come to it. You can buy a ticket today and you can be with us tomorrow. But there's a lot of people listening to this right now scattered all over the world, and they're thinking they're going to get an extra episode tomorrow. They'll get the episode later. If you're in the live room, you'll hear it immediately. If you are uh, anywhere else other than a living room in Seattle with us tomorrow, you will get this podcast in the future, which is cool, too. You'll still hear it. You're not missing out on anything. With that being said, buy your ticket. Buy those tickets. Um, Get your ticket. Get your tickets. Hey, you guys both have little girls. Let me tell you what I'm Mm -hmm. experiencing before you guys. And uh, it is not so pleasant. Um, My daughter's eight. Mm-hmm. And she actually listens to this podcast, really likes it a lot, and I have to obviously censor a bunch of stuff. All the kids just cannot get over the uh, intro a couple weeks ago where Toby goes, I, I can't even do it. They just think it's unbelievable. They were just like, again, 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 again. I mean, Rosa's just like, Gwenny, quiet so we can hear it. Don't start laughing yet. I mean, I just love it. But anyway, we were over at some friend's house, and they had two boys. Rosa sticks with me pretty much the whole time. Where I go, she goes. She sits on my lap. She wants to hang out with me. She's whispering things in my ear and all this stuff. And uh, you know, I get in the car with Priscilla. I'm just like, what in what in the world was going on with Rosa? She was sure clingy. She's my, you know, Priscilla starts smiling, and I'm like, what, what are you smiling at? She's just like, well, Joey, you, you see their son. So let me just give you a, an image of their son. He is a beast in the pool. He's uh, going to be the next Michael Phelps, just destroys the opponents. He's one year older than her, but he's chiseled like crazy. I mean, he's got wow. muscles, like long hair. I was starting to like this guy. Yeah, he's not your typical scrawny little nine-year-old. And Priscilla started to tell me in a roundabout way that our daughter is growing up. Mm-hmm. She's interested in boys Uh-oh. and that it was an intimidating situation for her to go into because she probably has a little crush. And I about lost it. I was just like, eight years Joey old. Star- Joey started slapping his wife. He pulled the car <laughs> over. Yeah. He pulled all the kids out, beat them profusely. <laughs> Profusively? Profusely. Profusely. <laughs> she, so she's never liked boys in the past? Well, yeah, I used to always ask her, hey, uh, do you want to get married when you grow up, just to see what she would say. And she'd always be like, no, I want to hang out with you and mom, you know, my whole life. So now for the the first time, I'll ask her that question. And she says, I don't know. I say, hey, do you want to get married? I don't know. So I have to agree with my wife that, uh, that that was the case. Now everything makes complete sense. And so I'm entering a new season with my daughter to where, She's interested in other dudes. So is like, it like the guys, the dads, everybody pretends and says, we go to get a shotgun? I mean, do you really feel that way, or is that a little bit of a cliche? No, it's not a cliche. I, I, uh, I'm already talking to other guys at our church, and uh, we are seriously, and I've talked to you guys about this, and I think Toby's game. He lives in Charleston, so we can pull it off. But like, let me just use it as an example. When Ruby uh, is asked out for the first time, my opinion is that Toby gets to stay out of it. So it'll be me and like four other guys that, that Toby likes a lot. And we call this kid or we pick him up at school or we kidnap him or something. We, <laughs> we, we take him into a room and we say, look, 
Toby's going to stay out of this. You know who Toby is. That's Ruby's dad. Uh, he wouldn't be able to handle himself in this room right now, so we're doing the Plausible job deniability. Yep, I like And that. you need to know that we have watched Ruby grow up from a baby, and we will kill anyone who uh, you know gets in the way of her growing up in a healthy manner who takes tries to take advantage of her. You've got a bunch of angry dudes with guns, and uh, just watch it. And just put the fear of God in that kid. Now, obviously, if I'm serious about this, then we have to find a, a better way not to threaten his life and all that sort of thing. But I, I'm all about... See, I'm way more about force. I think first guy, I kill him. Just go ahead and kill that, him. That just sets away. the standard. Yeah. He just goes missing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but then you can't do anything because you're in jail. Look, no, yeah, just not, no. we had it planned out. Who's going to know I killed him? Well, then it doesn't do any good. You didn't set any standard if nobody knows. No. Think, Toby, think. Toby, you might have to go three guys in a row and still with no motive, and it'll just be simply, man, the last three guys that asked Ruby out disappeared. If the glove does not fit, you must acquit. Yeah. <laughs> but I seriously, I, I'm I'm not joking around. In this day and age, I think that uh, Christian men have to rethink how their daughter uh, dates. And, and so, they have to kill young men. <laughs> yeah. But I really do think that uh, when – my daughter is interested in a guy the first at least five dates are at my house at my table and then maybe after five dates i say okay you guys go get some ice cream or or go get some coffee and sure i mean i i can't control it if they just go right down the street and and make out at a stop sign or something like that (laughs) but for sure uh hey a weird thought i just had is if uh Take so my daughter Ruby, she is four years old. She'll be five in October. Um, so t- say, what if, what if literally like ten to eleven years from now, uh, one of her boy potential boyfriends goes missing or something like that? Could this audio be used against? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Totally. Like, even if I had I'm, if I had nothing to do against it, I mean, could that really be used? Oh against yeah, me? absolutely. It would come up, and you'd be uh, you'd be a person of interest. I mean, like if I was like, seriously, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know where he went. I didn't know anything. I never <laughs> saw the kid. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely be a person of interest in that case. But you know, so let me clarify. I was totally joking. That was an, a, a complete joke. Well, I I, I, ca- I can't even really go there as far as I can't imagine any you know even that because Georgia's only one. But I would say from my point of view now, and y'all might totally disagree. I think Joe, you obviously do. Toby, you can weigh in on this. But for me right now, the way I look at it is, I hope that Georgia grows up. She's awesome. She's here when she turns eighteen or nineteen. She gets married and leaves my house and goes into the house of her husband, and he's let's say twenty three. Or so, and I'd want him to be a good Christian Christian guy that I trust and like. Uh, and I know that'll be hard to find because there's not a lot of good young men in age 23. Everybody knows I was not. I would have been a terrible. I mean, it would have been a nightmare if any yeah, girl but was you're stupid right. enough to marry me. Majority 23 year olds have their stuff together. Nope. They're just nope. great. No, I'm not saying they do, but <laughs> that would be, be good for your daughter. That would be my preference for sure, is for her to go from my house into her marriage house. I I really don't like the thought of um, my daughter spending her whole. 20s or even half of her 20s just you know trying to figure stuff out right like because Matt, why do you think i why do you think i disagree with that oh i just thought you were saying you want to delay it as long as possible or whatever no, but no, I what mean, i'm I, saying I, is I, the sexual activity will occur it's either going to occur in marriage or not i mean basically yeah, yeah exactly 
Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, the rest of the world would tell you don't. I mean, you can't just get married to for sexual activity, right? I mean, even Christians. No, I don't think that's why. I'm just saying that's my preference. I just think that's. I, I'm saying if I hate the thought of my daughter being 23 and just trying to figure out, well, do I want to do a career? I can't find a good man. So basically, what I'm saying is he is, he is certain. He's betting that his. That Georgia will be a total mega slut. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think I just don't like the, the the way that like people. A lot of people say you need to start. The trend is to wait later and later to get married to your thirty, because then you really have it figured out and stuff like that. And I understand that in some ways, and even statistically, that's true. But I just I think that it's a tough time for girls being in their twenties, especially if they're Christian, especially if they want to be pure, especially. Uh, if, you know what I mean? Like it's weird. I've seen so many girls go through, and they really want to be wives and mothers. And I'm not. And Georgia can be unmarried or not a wife yeah. or a mother for all I care. But I think she will want to do those things. And I hate the thought of her being an uncomfortable 23 year old thinking, "Well, do I need to get a degree and a master's degree in something?" When she that's not really what she wants. Yeah. I, that that makes me sad to think about. Well, Matt, I have an interesting theory with um, with all this. I think that later age marriage uh is a result of the fall like i don't think i think that we're supposed to uh do things according to how the culture is set up like i don't think we should necessarily be these radical christians that try to get our 14 year olds married off because that's how they did back in the day but i do believe that's god's original intent and if you look at uh biologically girls are the most fertile with their very first egg. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the sex drive um, and higher levels of testosterone for males, and it is very much early on, like yeah. 16 to 24. So I think we were created not to have like this uh, long, drawn-out adulthood without getting married. Yeah, it's like absurd I to say, you know, Tell your kid, everybody tell your kids because you're scared, total abstinence until they're married at 30. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, here's the thing, though. I believe that uh, you can't necessarily control it unless you were to do, uh, you know, a planned wedding or an, arra uh, an, arranged, an arranged wedding, which I'm not totally against arranged weddings. Uh, but at the same time, I want to honor my, my daughter and who she wants to marry and stuff like that. And I, I don't think you're saying this, but I wouldn't want to rush her into nah. something with a guy who is also not ready because I know – 20-year-old, 21, 22, 23, 25-year-old guys that shouldn't be leading a family or leading a wife. That 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 that's that's just as dangerous as him hooking up with her. Yeah, that's true. How many 22-year-old guys do you know that you think are marriage material? I would say I've met maybe two in my lifetime. But I, I do believe they're out there. But I, I mean, I, mean, I wasn't seriously. Oh, I would have met Jess when I was 20. I, oh, I would be divorced. Oh, oh here, here's what's hilarious: no is doubt like, about you're, it. you're my best friend, and I love you a lot. But if if you and I were born like twenty years apart, and the twenty two year old version of Toby was interested in Rosa, I'd kill you. Oh, like, I would it was oh, destroy oh. you. Do you, do you. How do you think I would feel if I opened the door and there was an extremely obese, bald headed man that was breathing <laughs> heavy, saying, "I'm here for Ruby." <laughs> think I would let you take my you daughter? Just describe thirty seven year old Joey. Not th uh, that, that. Of was, course, you would was, kill me. That, that was would twenty be, year old Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Toby's like, hey, yeah, if a 37-year-old big fat Joey with bald head showed up at my door asked for Ruby, of course you'd kill him. He's 37. No, that was you and your <laughs> I, I had, yeah, I don't think any of us had any capacity. Joey maybe more so than Toby and I, but Toby and I were 
straight clowns at 22. I, I mean, that was a joke. Yeah, I, I, Joe, I, I was, Joey was, I promise you, from age 20 <laughs> come to Come on, now. I was a school teacher at 22. I know. That's what makes this sad. All You know what he <laughs> called his – every girl that he saw – he he said, "That's my booty call. <laughs> That's my booty call." I was like, "Who, Sharon? That's my booty call. Hey, like, who, Penelope? That's my booty call." Matt, did you That's see? Uh, up. Matt, did you see Throwback Thursday picture on Facebook? It's actually it's you, me, and Toby and Ben Huntington, and then in the front is Seth, Josh, Head, Devin, and Joel, and it's 2003, and you've got the most ridiculous funny looking face it's like your tongue is sticking out it's, it's just really well funny. We that's, that's sad because when you go to a throwback picture you want somebody to say you had crazy hair you had a bad uh wardrobe <laughs> at that time but <laughs> when you go back to 2003 i had a bad face at that time <laughs> <laughs> no like the look like the expression i should okay. have said expression okay matt was like the most one of the most humans i've seen covered in acne he would have so much acne it was not you had a lot do you use? Didn't you use the acne medication? Even? My mom bought it for me, but I never used it. <laughs> oh, you should have sold it. Okay, so I need to tell you guys something, and I'll probably get flack about it. Well, you guys will probably get the flack because you won't take it serious. Um, but right now, currently, and we all know how these sorts of things end up 99% of the time, but I don't know where my wife is. I have not talked to her in a while she's not responding to my text messages which is kind of normal <laughs> no i'm saying the phone and the text messages our wives are terrible at right responding to um but she has plans to hang out with her sister and family in about 15 minutes and crystal still hasn't heard from her and there's a fatal car wreck near the turnoff of our house so, so you saw that in the news report can you read is there any way to read more about the news report like no say it's a- i want to and they say there's no more um information of injuries and stuff so you're saying currently right now it makes you super uneasy yeah i have like a kind of yeah. queasy nervous sort of feeling and i'll feel it until i get you know, a text message or a you'll also call. feel the exact same feeling from the day rosa goes to college till she gets married at 30 that's not true same feeling. Uh, no. Well, I think I understand the feeling that you have, and I've had it before. My wife is terrible at the phone. Like, I mean, I promise you, I will call and call and call, and sometimes I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Is this, you know, is this really happening? What's going on? What's going on? And so I understand what you're saying, but there's really no reason to worry. Yeah. No, I agree. I think worrying because is definitely could, of the devil. What's the worst? What's the worst thing that could be? She could be dead. Well, she'd be in heaven. Yeah. It's the worst thing. So you're going <laughs> to sit there. And the worst <laughs> thing possible is going to heaven, Joey? <laughs> yeah, you're going to ruin Good our gosh. podcast because your wife's in the most in paradise. <laughs> I know. That's this true. podcast is going to be ruined because your complaining bitch <laughs> <laughs> is mad that your wife and possibly very small children are all in paradise right now. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you don't want your family in heaven? Let's say, hey, this is way deeper than I thought. Man, this is Joey hey, doesn't got, believe in heaven serious. anymore. He doesn't think it's good, Joey, apparently. are you telling me right now? You're sitting on the couch right now. Yeah, Kirk Are you, Cameron, are you telling you, me, Kirk. Are you telling me that, that, that this painting, there was no painter. You're telling me, Joey Spencer, that you do not want your family in heaven right now. 
I don't want them right now. Okay. Well, hey, Matt, listen to this. Wait me. till Herb gets a hold of you. <laughs> but let me give you guys a, a bit of advice here. Let me give you a, a rule of thumb, so to speak, when it comes to anxiety. Because we know anxiety is not good and you can't control stuff anyway. So here's a good rule of thumb. Now, you know that. Hey, th- hey everybody, this is coming from someone who has no emotions and doesn't care about anything. But I have Go very ahead. good rules of thumb and logic. So let me help you with your emotional anxiety. When you have. Somebody like that. Like, you worry about Priscilla, but guess what? Toby loves Priscilla, and I care about Priscilla and your kids, right? So if what you – the best – like, of course, you are biased to be hyper-worried and stuff like that in ways that you can't can't control. Now, the question you need to ask is, do other people that love and care about Priscilla – let's just say Toby and I – are we worried right now? Because we would not be worried if there was something to worry about. You see what I'm saying? Like, I care about your kid, and if you said, oh, he breathed in a little bit of pool water today, I'm nervous that he's going to die in his sleep, you would look at me and I would say, I love William, I think he's great, you don't have anything to worry about. And so, even since I care about him, you could trust me and my state of worry to be actually more balanced one than yours. So if your friends aren't worried about it, then you, sh- you don't really need to be. That's a good guideline. Of course, you care more about Priscilla, but we care enough so that our worry would, you know, there. So all you yeah, have to do is ask agree, us, are we worried about Priscilla? And in this case, I am pretty freaking worried. <laughs> 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 so you might you might want to call in the state trooper. All right. So, hey, let me ask y'all a serious. <laughs> let me ask y'all a serious question. All right. Y'all know Joey questions, and I really want y'all to take it serious. If something happened to Priscilla, and she got killed, would we edit this conversation? Wow. Well, I, I doubt we did the episode, yeah. I guess, uh, the, okay, question one, will you finish the episode even? I need to know the details. Do we have a full episode? Yeah, if it's a half it's episode, no, of course not. I don't not. finish it. Dude, you thought Jessica had breast cancer and you wouldn't even come to an interview. If my wife is dead, you expect <laughs> me to stick it out? <laughs> Well, just to, it just depends on your commitment. That's okay. I just just need the facts. Touche, Joey. Uh, no, of course not. I, I we're just joking around. I know that it's scary for sure. Like waiting, the the waiting is the worst thing in the whole world. That I mean, just like when when we thought potentially Jess could have breast cancer, we had to wait over forty eight hours, and I was just like, oh my gosh, and just I really felt like it wasn't anything. But at the same time, like you even said, you weren't really concerned at all. You're like, yeah, I, I mean, dude, she's going to be okay. And you were still happy, and you were still eating. I uh, agree. I agree. <laughs> in, in that case, Toby, when you told me, I actually was worried about Jessica, though. I, I thought, based on the way you were telling me and the way you said the doctors had told you, I, I had actual concern myself. Though. Well, that probably was because I think it potentially was a miracle, honestly. I, I actually was that. concerned there. And, I, if I, and for Joey, honestly, I have – a degree of concern right now, I'll tell you the truth, but not as much as Joey. So I hope he can relax a little bit, but I do think that's a legitimate concern, obviously. Yeah, because there, there's been a fatal accident that was around our house. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. is Yeah, the concerning. question was, where was she? Do you, know, do you have any idea where she was at 2? Because weren't your kids probably asleep? She probably wasn't on the road because the accident happened at 2. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, but basically uh, there's times when she will bend the nap schedule, so that's not, that's not out of the question. But – I think she's all right. I just I, actually Priscilla is, is has been a lot better with her phone uh, lately. So I, I think the crazy the, the two craziest things right now is there. First of all, I don't think it was fatal. I think I saw something else. So I don't think any information has come out saying that it's fatal. Uh, but the fact that there was an accident near our house that shut down the whole highway uh, 
and she's supposed to meet with her aunt and uncle and her sister, and her sister still hasn't heard from her, and they're supposed to meet in like 15 minutes. Those two things are concerning to me. Yeah. Well, we'll see. This is a a bum out already. Let's see. I'm reading that it says all. Oh, well, at least this should make you feel better. All the lanes have been clear in traffic. Today. <laughs> <laughs> but has a two traffic collision. is flowing like normal to West Ashley this afternoon after a deadly, deadly accident has been cleared. Yeah, this is it. It's on the Dobbin Road. Dobbins Road. There was a two car collision, and uh, it said the final lane reopened at 3:20 p.m. after the crash. CCSO said injuries were reported at the incident, but that's all it said. It doesn't say anybody was fatally injured. Still. Yeah, I told you, I, I dude, she might s- simply have a brain hemorrhage right now. Yeah, it could <laughs> just be a few broken arms and stuff. All right, yeah. let me let me ask. She you might out. not be able to walk again. She's probably alive. Let me ask you another question: How many of our listeners are just like this? Shit's this is out of line. I think like Toby's most females. Making, <laughs> yeah, all all female listeners. <laughs> and then. And <laughs> Okay, but look at it this way. Look at it this way. I mean, obviously we wouldn't air the episode, but even if it is true, would you harbor any animosity at Toby and I for yeah, making that's the such jokes? Yeah, of I would course, like to know that. No. Of course no, not. I really so, don't so, think so. I mean, I've never lost my spouse before, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that for certain, but I don't think that I would. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that is a good question, though. Like, I mean, would you be mad at us? I think you would go. They were just joking. There's no way. They it would be it'd be an uneasy I, memory, but it, you wouldn't actually what I, And in fact, anything. I would I would recommend, no matter what, like if you don't hear from her in a, a certain amount of time from now, I probably would just ride and I'd leave the podcast and go see. I yeah. would. I mean, I wouldn't. Sweat it. I mean, that's okay. Here is uh, here's actually what I kind of think, and this this is gonna really sound sadistic. Y'all are gonna really second guess whether or not I'm a decent human being. But I think what would happen is I think that um, maybe a- after you know two years or something like that, like on <laughs> y'all are gonna think Go it's horrible. <laughs> like maybe after two years or something. We would actually, in honor of her, play this episode. Oh hold, on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, why are you p- making plans? <laughs> hold why on, she's not dead. Hold on, but we would we would like come back from it. Like we would say, hey, we, you know, it's it's with heavy hearts <laughs> that, that we play that we play this. And I think when we come back to it, Can you imagine we'll be how many downloads we get, man. Oh, that I think we'll be crying. Like, we'll be just like, I can't. I mean, shit, man. Do you realize when we were talking about that? Yeah. I, I think it would be a very sad, almost respectful thing because sure, it's, yeah. it's still yeah. me, Matt, and it would, Toby. It, this would be honoring to Yeah, I think so. <laughs> this would be totally honoring her memory. My <laughs> wife will hate this podcast. She will not like this. She loves our podcast and she will not. Think this is funny as all, at all? She I don't. I don't funny. have any knowledge. I got a text from her. You did? Yay! Yep. Just you now. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 the text message was just help nine one one. All right. Hey, we gotta get off here. We gotta uh, no, go to X three. Hey. Oh well, we got. Four minutes. Let's do it. I don't have any knowledge that Bridget's even ever listened to this podcast before, to tell you the truth. That's wild. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm sure she does because she also 
never admitted that she'd ever listened to our music before, and then I found out she was showing people Freddie Mercury because it had her name in it, Bridget Loves, whatever did that song. She's like, I never listened to it. I hadn't listened to it. And then I found out from other people she'd been showing them that she was proud of the song that had her name in it. So she probably does listen to it. I'll catch her in the act at some point. Yeah, Jess, Jess, Jess listens to it all the time, and uh, so that's why it's been really good for uh, me to get that old X3 watch on my computer because we're, we're talking about our uh, – eyes and and uh what we look at on the internet or second looks even in real life and stuff like that and so um it's been a it's been really good to have that because that way i feel like i have a uh, a, another accountability partner um just to kind of keep me in check as well because i do tell my wife stuff uh i i I confessed something to her last week just feeling kind of well i actually to tell you the truth I told her I was feeling just kind of weak. Uh, I was working on the new Emory record, and I was like, nothing really happened. You know, it was just like, for me, usually there's this weird feel. Not, I wouldn't even say it's weird. I guess it's normal. A normal feeling of, oh, wow, look at that girl in, in a bikini in that commercial. On, on, you know, during you know during intermission of a, of a TV show. Or, oh, wow, look at this sidebar. This is kind of crazy. This girl's T-shirt's really tight. Or, um, man, look at that guy's huge, huge schlong. <laughs> 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 Maybe not the last one, but at some point I'll be alone with my phone or computer or whatever it may be, and uh, I can get into trouble. So I, I, even outside of X3 Watch, I love being able to have friends like you guys and my wife that I can tell these things to and not be ridiculed or shamed, but know that this is something I don't want in my life. But that's what's so great about X3 is when I don't want to do that, when I don't want to call you guys or my wife or, or t- look her in their eye and tell her that I'm feeling weak or anything like that, I still have that, uh, you know, that that friend, that mm-hmm. software on, on my computer where I can go, yeah, I mean, they're going to find out anyway. I'd rather just not. You know what I mean? Like, it, oh, yep. yeah. I planned ahead. You got to plan ahead. But hey, here's good news: is uh, Craig and the people at X3 Watch told us that tons of people and our listeners have are getting it, and so it's working Dang. really well. So we're th- we're thankful for them for being a sponsor, and we're thankful to you guys for listening to uh, to our advice and getting the X3 Watch software. You can get it at x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. You can even get it for half off there. They have a free version as well. Uh, definitely do yourself a favor and get it if you're the last one or two people out there that hadn't already bought it. Go do it. Yeah, I kind of don't even want to be so bold as to say if you're if you're looking at porn, I, I think you have a problem. I really do. And, and I know a lot of people disagree and go, well, you know, I do whatever for me. And, and that's true. You have your rights. But uh, I think if it's something that you're looking at, even on some form of regular basis, then that means that you are trying to live out a sex life that's not real and that's only controlled by you. And that's going to hurt you no matter what you believe. So <laughs> right on. Let, like hey, that. you know what I'm curious to find out is what our guest Herb Silverman, the atheist, would say about that. And I'm not accusing all atheists of being porn <laughs> users and Christians of not or anything <laughs> yeah. like that, but I, I would that like to hear. That is a good question. I would like Me to too. hear from his point of view, like what. How much porn he watches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, so anyway, no if, you are, if you are listening and you are not one of those who have uh, gone to x3watch.com, go to x3watch.com forward slash uh, bad Christian and. Uh, we would recommend that you order um, the uh, six ninety nine version, I think it is, and you get that for half off. And uh, if you're an older dude like me and you have kids, it also has that dual function of, you know, it, it won't let you go to a porn site. So we all know, you know, when you're letting your kid watch cartoons on uh, YouTube and stuff, and if you walk out of the room for 10 minutes... Uh, and they're surfing around, they could stumble upon something that uh, X3 Watch would block. So get the program. 
Uh, Craig Gross, we appreciate you and your team and uh, what you guys do, and thank y'all for letting us be a part of what y'all do. All right, so it was, we'll find out some about what Herb and, and the Atheist team thinks about it just in a minute. Hey, everybody. I'm literally recording this from my bedroom trying to hide from my three kids who are screaming and yelling at me. So I hope you enjoy this we are super excited to tell you about our good friends, The Classic Crime. They are doing a live pay-per-view concert August 28th. This is The Classic Crime's first show of 2014. Can you believe it? And it's being broadcast in HD. What? Unless you can make it in person. There will be a 72-hour viewing window. 72 hours of a show? Good God. Well, I mean, you have 72 hours to watch it. Uh, so even if you can't watch it live, you can watch it when you are free, my friends. The Classic Crime will be doing a full band set August 28th at 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern. You can watch on a computer, a tablet, smartphone, and Apple TV. And guess what? It's only $9.99. That's less than a pizza. You get a whole show for less than a pizza? What? All you have to do is go to afton.tv and search The Classic Crime. That's afton, A-F-T-O-N dot TV. Search The Classic Crime. There's only 5,000 tickets, so you better hurry. That is not much. I mean, these guys are huge. But wait, there's more. The first 15 listeners listening to me right now, quickly go to afton.tv and type in our promo code, BCPOD, that's B-C-P-O-D, and you will get... 25% off. Do you know how much that is? Do you know how many pizzas that is? I don't. I'm scared to know that many pizzas. Joey's not, but I am. Again, to watch the Classic Crime's first show of the year on pay-per-view, head to afton.tv and search the Classic Crime. Do not miss this opportunity. All right, I got to get back to my kids. They're screaming and yelling, and one of them might have cut one. All right, crowdfunding, a very interesting topic and one that we care very much about. We've been very successful with crowdfunding and think it's a great way for people to support things that directly that they care about. Um, and we've been really successful at it with Emory and Building Bad Christian and working with some other bands. And we've decided that we want to continue to help more people to do crowdfunding, whether it be for music or for other projects or whatever it may be. So we're helping a band right now, and they're called Wild Earth. They're from Arizona. They're a worship band, and they're trying to fund their debut record. So I'm asking you guys just to go check out their thing, watch their videos, see what they're about, see if you like it. And if you do, you have a really unique opportunity to help a band get going and, and come from not existing into existence because of your participation. And I promise you that's a good feeling, and the band will very much appreciate you specifically forever. Now, admittedly, worship music is not my favorite genre, and that's largely because a lot of it can be not so good or generic or not artistic, so to speak. And so what we need in worship music is more new people coming in, innovative people doing things, trying to worship God through art and music. So seriously, give this a chance. You say, Matt, you haven't even told us how to find it yet. Yes, I'm telling you right now, I want to be very clear. Go right now to Indiegogo.com and just search Wild Earth. And then you decide if it's something you want to support or not. Very simple. So if you're interested in doing any crowdfunding for your band or your project or anything at all that you would crowdfund for, please contact us at podcast at badchristian.com. We really think we can help with our expertise, strategy, graphics, design, 
layouts, promotion, marketing plan, all that stuff. We're, we're, we're getting pretty good at that, and we'd love to help you help yourself. And we're back. All right. We are back with uh, Herb Silverman. Uh, Herb is a professor at the College of Charleston, and he... I would say it's safe to say one of the uh, more reputable atheists uh, in the low country, Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, actually a, a pretty strong voice in atheism in general. He is uh, the writer of a book called Candidate Without a Prayer. It's an autobiography of a Jewish atheist in the Bible Belt. Now, let me just say real quickly that I was my idea to have Herb on. You're welcome. Uh, I saw him at a debate probably about four years ago with a guy that uh, works at my church and a very delightful guy to listen to. Uh, But instead of me keep talking about Herb, let's just talk to Herb. Herb, how are you, man? I'm fine. Good. Well, it's good having you here. Hey, we're going to jump right into we're going to let you in on a conversation that we were just having. Uh, We were talking uh, before having you on about porn. And the three of us, we actually uh, believe that no, don't, anyone... No, don't, ask, don't tell him about us. Just ask Herb what his thoughts on porn are, if you okay. don't mind, Herb. All right, Herb, what do you think about porn? Well, my thoughts about porn are the same as they are about drugs. I think it should be legalized and people should have the choice as long as they're not harming others. Mm-hmm. So you, would you say the same so porn and prostitution and all that should be legal as long as it's self-choice for, you know, so people have autonomous choices what they do? Yes, I do think, however, that uh, prostitution should be regulated where uh, prostitutes would have mm-hmm. regular health checkups uh, to avoid AIDS and other uh, venereal diseases just as a health matter. But I'm fine with... Uh, people uh, making their own choices on how to live their lives. Yeah, um, you know, Herb, I actually, I'm a Christian, obviously, and uh, we'll get into that and personal thoughts on porn and prostitution, if you like, but I agree with you from a legal standpoint. I, I think both of those things myself should be legal. I don't know if a lot of Christians think that, but I would be okay with the legalization of both prostitution and uh, drugs, and then, I would, then I'm free to have my own opinion, which would you know, would be to abstain or stay away from those things. Well, I'm on the same side of you there. I don't use drugs, mm-hmm. but I think the drug war has been an abysmal failure. I agree and, with that. Uh, we have many people incarcerated for private use of drugs that mm-hmm. shouldn't be. I guess I'm also in the same camp of people that say they should let low-level lo- drug offenders should not be in prison. I agree with yeah, that, Yeah, but Herb, before, right before you came on the show, you said you'd be smoking that chronic. Remember you said that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually uh, have, I'm pretty uh, abstaining in most of these uh, kinds of things. Uh, I live probably what you might call mo- more or less a good Christian life, except that I don't believe in God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that just a preference or you just, that's just, I mean, that's just what you want to do or you just, or do you think some of those things are wrong? Well, I think uh, they are wrong for me. I, I put... Uh, health is a high priority. I exercise. I try to eat the right things, and I don't want to put uh, uh, drugs in my body that could do harm or become addictive. Mm-hmm. Like I see no reason, for instance, that marijuana is illegal 
uh, in places like South Carolina, and tobacco is legal. I think yeah. tobacco should be legal, but I think it's more harmful than many than many of the illegal drugs. Yeah, we got no issue with that. I think we agree. Yeah, Herb, uh, are, how transparent are you with your age, just so the viewers can have a, a good perception of? of well, you? I'm transparent enough to say I'm 72 years old. Yeah, Joey, All how right. how what what level of opacity can you have with your age? <laughs> well, because you can say <laughs> I'm in my 70s or 60s, or you could say. I don't want to talk about that. Well, uh, Herb, are you Herb kinda... as you can already tell, Joey thinks that all atheists are lie and cheat and don't <laughs> tell the truth. Well, you know, I even heard you say uh, in the introduction that I'm one of the more reputable atheists. I think most of us are reputable. It's like most Christians are probably well, reputable, but there are good and bad atheists, good and bad Christians, good and bad Jews. And yeah, I think we Her should be judged by our character not by our professed religious beliefs. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree, and that would be more of a case of my poor vocabulary because what <laughs> I was trying to say to people is that you're one of the more popular. Pro uh, how about ones, prominent, so. Herb? Would you agree yeah, to being a prominent atheist? There you go. Well, well, some of us are sensitive because uh, we tend to be demonized, and oh, yeah. even if some of us seem to be good, People think, well, you must be the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> so what about uh, which is worse to Christians, Satanist or atheist? <laughs> which is which is looked at worse? <laughs> yeah, I believe it's probably atheist. I yeah, mean, Satanist, lumped in Satanist the same category. the Bible. Well, <laughs> well, well I, mean, I think Satanists and Christians have a lot in common in that you both believe in the supernatural where atheists don't have any uh, supernatural beliefs. So, so, Herb, you're Jewish of descent, at least, right? So have you always been atheist? Did you grow up in an atheist kind of Jewish home, or did you grow up with no, some orthodoxy? No, I actually grew up in an orthodox Jewish home. That was the most uh, strict kind of Judaism. Mm -hmm. And I practiced the rituals and was bar mitzvahed as an orthodox Jew. Uh, and... I liked a lot about Judaism. I liked the ethical and moral base and the fact that uh, they encouraged Jews to question. Well, my questioning led to a lot of uh, things that uh, there were no good answers for within the religious aspect of Judaism. And eventually I came to the view that I see no evidence for the existence of God and that's when I became an atheist. And I, I thought of myself more than as a secular Jew or a cultural Jew, cultural. but not a religious Jew. So are you are you bummed out that when you die, that's it? Like, is that a bummer thought to you? Well, I think in terms of, you know, I just have this one life to live and I want to make the most of it. And yeah. uh, the afterlife for me would be any good works I do while I'm alive. So I just... Uh, don't view this life as a preparation for an afterlife. Yeah, let me, let me ask you this. Like, would you find it a big win if uh, we've, we've got a lot of Christian listeners and I would say we've got a smaller percentage of atheists and spiritual non-Christian people, but there's a good many. Would you find it a huge win if about 10,000 people wrote us uh, tomorrow saying, hey, Herb won us over. We're atheists now. Would you be like, yes, or would you be like, I don't I don't give a shit? Well, what I like for people to do is to think for themselves, to question their own beliefs and the beliefs of others, 
and then come to a conclusion that seems to work for them. I don't want to uh, go out and proselytize for atheism. If I do any proselytizing, it's to say, look, uh, we are kind and decent people. This is why we believe as we do. Just because we don't believe in a judging God doesn't mean that we're immoral, as many people in this country think we are. So that's my proselytizing. I think then, we probably have a similar uh, approach to Christianity in that I think so. I think that we are called to tell other people about the gospel and be honest and transparent about it. But we don't think of it, or at least we on this show don't think of it as something where it's a sales pitch where you want to convince somebody into something. Um, we don't think Jesus did that either. We 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 don't see him giving a sales pitch of of why you should convert. And here's the pros and cons of or what's the good about it jesus told people that uh being a christian is going to be hard that you surrender everything and stuff like that so that's kind of the way we look at it too we don't want to trick somebody or call somebody or manipulate somebody into being a christian all we can do and want to do is tell the truth and have them come to that conclusion and then yeah honestly we think we're right and we want people to come to our conclusion but not on not on our terms I, I, I should mention, though, that Jesus was not a Christian. He hadn't heard of Christianity. <laughs> yeah, he lived right. his life as a religious Jew. Yeah. It was just his followers that decided that he was a Christian. Yeah, well, based on his teachings. You basically, yes. don't, don't, even, don't even use this podcast for that atheist propaganda. I'm totally kidding. No, but, but, and, and this is what I look at, the teachings of Jesus, of Socrates, of Bertrand Russell— and yeah. I pick and choose what makes sense to me. And there's a lot that Jesus says that makes sense to me. Uh, the part that his followers say he's God, and if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to have eternal torture, that doesn't make sense to me. So then I, I don't accept that. The question I have is uh, I we, we've had basically a, a Christian on the podcast that no longer believes, and I have friends that aren't believers, and— um, the, the question that I really can never, uh, we, and we've talked about this on the podcast as well, can come to a conclusion of, so morals for you aren't the same as right or wrong, or or, or you would say that is, and then how can, and, and I'm just asking the question, what does the, what's the atheist stance or even your personal stance on right or wrong without God, meaning uh, we, you ha we adhe try to adhere to this thing called good or right, and then none of us do it. Like, I mean, it, it, even if you said, hey, there's no God, proved it, it's over, the world's a bad place. I mean, you know what I mean? There's still going to be sex, sex slavery. There's still going to be hunger, you know, ch child death. There'll still be all that stuff. So, and most of it would be even just us being what we would call bad. So what is the atheist stance on that? Well, I don't focus so much on whether somebody is good or bad because I think we all have some good things we do, some bad things we do. And I think mostly we could probably agree on what's good, you know, loving your neighbor, fellow, helping your fellow human beings, unnecessarily torturing people is bad. But I look for the evidence and I change when uh, I get additional evidence. For instance, I used to think that homosexuality was a perversion when I was in my teens. Uh, now I've met a lot of uh, gay people. I see uh, nothing wrong with that. I now know that they were born that way, and it's not their child molesters. Uh, 
so I don't need to go to an ancient book that had what I view as superstition to make judgments on good and bad. And I've had some issues with uh, conservative Christians who felt that, well, homosexuality is a sin because it says so in the Bible. Women shouldn't have equal rights because it says so in the Bible. And even uh, in South Carolina, where I live, not now, but uh, years ago, slavery was condoned in the Bible. And, uh, and I think we're learning that some of the things that people once believed are no longer true. What Toby the wants Bible to know, Herb, is, what, what Toby wants to know, Herb, is do you think that your morals are absolute or simply things that work for you or our culture in this day and age? Well, I think there are probably some morals that are absolute that our culture can agree are uh, bad. And that's, uh, you know, as I mentioned, like torturing people for fun and purposely harming another human being. But absolute in the sense that it is fundamentally right and wrong or simply useful or not useful for this society that we have. Well, I, I think... It's wrong for human beings to act in certain ways. There's certain uh, bad things for humans to do, like to try to uh, create disease, uh, use nuclear weapons on people uh, because of their religious beliefs or for whatever reason. And are humans uh, the only species that have uh, right and wrong cho uh, choice? So to speak. No, no, well, not in my view, especially uh, being an evolutionist. And I don't I, I know some Christians accept evolution. Others don't. Uh, but I think uh, uh, primates probably have ethical and moral codes uh, for their species. Humans understandably put humans above other species because those are our own kind. But we shouldn't. Uh, have uh, unnecessary cruelty to animals or destroy the earth, even though the Bible says the earth is uh, uh, our domain. Mm -hmm. I think we should treat the earth kindly and other species as well. Are you a vegetarian? Like, do you, do you believe in uh, killing animals for food? Only if n necessary. Now, I am mostly a vegetarian. At home, I'm a vegetarian. If I go to a restaurant... I mostly eat vegetarian food, but if I'm invited to a dinner party and they serve chicken, uh, I won't abstain. Yeah. Do you think we are, uh, when, when you talk to guys like us, and I know you, you haven't really gotten to know us, uh, to, you know, to know for educator or anything like that, but just the general Christian that you talk to, do you shake your head and you're just like, how stupid can they be? Like, that's just <laughs> so dumb. Well, it's hard for me to generalize about a general Christian because I've met so many different kinds of Christians. Uh -huh. yeah. Generally, I get along well with progressive Christians who pretty much act toward fellow human beings the same way I do. They might uh, be kind because they believe in a loving God who wants them to be kind to their fellow human beings. Yeah. I don't get along so well with people who uh, view uh, a, a wrathful God who burns people in hell and whose mission it is to convert others so that we will be saved and not go to hell. Well, a lot of people like Bill Maher and people think that Christianity is a 
a scourge, so to speak, or, or causes a lot of problems and would be best eradicated. Same with Islam and stuff like that. You're not of that belief. There's 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 Christians that you are happy with and respect and think that is is an okay thing. Well, for a lot of them, I think their beliefs are wrong, but oh. I can still respect them as human beings, and I look more at their works uh, rather than what their religious beliefs are. So do you don't think religion is necessarily a harmful thing that should be shared this day and age? Not necessarily. I, I really don't know if we would be better without religion. Mm -hmm. It really depends on what takes its place. If the whole world were humanist like I am, I think we would have a better world. But then again, uh, I know some Christians, and if all of them were like those Christians that I admire and respect, we would also have a better world. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so, well, edu educate us. Real, I'm sorry, Matt. Educate us real quick. Um, I think there's misconceptions about atheism sometimes. Like I'll hear someone say, yeah, I'm an atheist. I just don't see how there could be a God, blah, blah, blah. Is, am I wrong to say that an atheist, if, if you say I'm an atheist, you're saying it's impossible for there to be a God. With what I see, there's no chance. Is that right or wrong statement? Well, I, no, really I wouldn't that. say it's impossible. In fact, when I stopped believing in God, I originally called myself an agnostic because as a mathematician, I can't prove that there is or isn't a God. So I took the agnostic position. I just don't know. But then when I heard the definition that atheists now use, it's without a belief in any gods. And I'm without a belief in what, God. What do you mean, so, atheist? Like, is there is it actual? Like, because there's different different sects, so to speak, of atheists. Is there like atheists plus or positive or new atheists? Like, what what are the categories? I'm not informed on them. Well, it it keeps changing. Uh, I've heard positive atheism, which is also sometimes called atheist plus. Yeah. And what that means is atheism isn't a way of life. All atheism says is, I don't believe in any gods. But then there's a the question, how do you treat your fellow human beings? And that's where the humanist side of atheism comes in. You can be an evil person and still not believe in a god, uh, just like you can be, believe in God and be evil. I say from the evidence that I have, I, I have no reason to believe in any gods. And then I want to treat our fellow human beings right because I have an ethical and moral code that I'd like to live by. So, Herbert, what is it that causes you to, you know, speak and debate and write these books and stuff like that? What's your motivation behind those things? Because you, you seem to be content with, with most, with, uh, you know, you seem like a very quaint and content, balanced individual with no strong agenda. But is there something I'm missing? Uh, yes. <laughs> For most of my, my life, I was just what you said. I was a, a quiet mathematician. Initially, I, I lived in the Northeast, and I became an atheist, but didn't really talk about it. Uh, I had more important things in life to talk about. Then I moved uh, to the South, in particular to South Carolina, and people started asking me about my religious views, and I told them I was an atheist, and I saw how they kind of backed away, either tried to convert me or somehow thought I was immoral. And I wanted to try to convince them, look, uh, I'm still an ethical person, but, you know, with some people I uh, made a little progress, others none. But then in 1990, 
I found out that atheists were not allowed to hold public office in South Carolina. Legally. Oh, wow. According to the South Carolina Constitution. Oh, and I had yeah. always been active in civil rights for African Americans, for women and gays. I didn't think it was necessary for a white male until I saw the discrimination against atheists. And then I went to the American Civil Liberties Union and asked how we could change this obviously unconstitutional provision. Mm -hmm. And the lawyer there said, I, I should challenge it by becoming a candidate for governor so I could uh, challenge it in our courts. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And what happened? Well, I got a lot of hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the judge, when it went to court, said, uh, and by the way, he was appointed on the recommendation of Strom Thurmond. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that he would only rule on the merits of the case if I won the election. Ah, well, and that, and that was his way of ignoring it yeah. because he knew I was right because our U.S. Constitution prohibits religious tests for public office. Well, to the surprise of no one, I lost the election. But then I found out that I was ineligible for any public office. So I decided the only office to run for would be notary public, where I didn't have to win an election. So I applied for notary public and again was turned down because of my religious beliefs. Wow. But, <laughs> but then I had a seven-year battle uh, that eventually I won in the South Carolina Supreme Court that said, yes, uh, just because I was an atheist didn't mean I couldn't be a notary public. <laughs> and, and that changed. Uh, and now atheists are eligible to hold public office. I'm hoping to reach a day where open atheists can actually win an election. But that's what turned me from a... a quiet atheist into an accidental uh, activist atheist when I saw the discrimination against atheism. I see. So, so there are tons of documents now in South Carolina that have been godlessly witnessed. That, <laughs> that just pisses me off. Herb. Yeah. In fact, as a notary public, I've performed 14 different marriages so far because notary oh, public well, hey, those in marriages South are not Carolina valid. can do that. <laughs> and it's been very unusual because of these marriages, no one has yet gotten a divorce. <laughs> hey, let me say this. First of all, unfortunately, 99% of our listeners have no idea who Strom Thurmond is, and that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well I, I can uh, get, fill in a little. I, I no, forgot. I'm, Keep in mind, I'm 72 years old. I'm sure I'm your just, listeners no, are Joe is much just younger. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a joke. The three of us do know. Let me ask, let me ask you this. Um, you said something as far as hell, um, like, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you don't have time for Christians that would say, hey, there's a hell, and uh, here's, here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to convert you so you don't have to go there. And that, that is kind of seen as a uh, unbelievable, mean-spirited, unloving belief. My question to you is, why, why is it unloving to have that belief? Oh, I would no, say no, I, I didn't actually say it was unloving or even okay. mean spirited. I okay. just said uh, this is not a belief that I think enhances our culture when you okay. have these divisions where instead of cooperating on issues like uh, helping 
poor people or helping them get educated. There's that divisiveness where the purpose of this life for some is to prepare for an afterlife and to try to convince others, probably out of love, people, and I've heard people say, look, I love you because you're another human being and I don't want to see you suffer in hell. So that's why they'll spend that time to convert me. I understand what they're doing, but I would rather that we be more productive and cooperate on things that I think will help our fellow human beings. Yeah. Do you have any close friends that are Christians? And when I say close friends, like like Mm -hmm. dudes that you hang out with, enjoy their company and that sort of thing? Oh, sure. You know, I... I belong to the Unitarian Church, which has some Christians in it, because I think they focus on doing good works. And, you know, if I'm living in South Carolina, if I didn't have some friends who weren't Christian, (laughs) I wouldn't have very many friends. (laughs) What do you think about— And I look look for things I have in common with people and work on the things uh, that we can cooperate on. Some, If they enjoy discussing religion— I'm happy to do so, but yeah. often we just do other sorts of things that uh, don't much matter whether you believe in a God. Yeah, Matt and Toby, uh, the debate that I went to uh, was with Herb Silverman and Jack Hoy, who y'all have met, and uh, it was it was hilarious. And Herb, I'll just state for the record, I think you took the Bible out of context, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Herb... I mean, he just he just made us roll. He's uh, everybody. It was kind of a feel good situation because someone announced that the atheist college organization and the Christian college organization are going to come together and, you know, do some outreach in Charleston, help the homeless and everything. And so Herb pulls the microphone back to himself. He says, yeah, I just want to thank you for this time. He said, I've enjoyed my time with Jack. I've enjoyed myself with all these Christians. And I want to state that your Bible specifically says that we should not do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did give a Bible quote about uh, not hanging out with infidels to stick to your own kind. <laughs> now, now, I've heard from a lot of people when I quote the Bible, almost always, that I'm taking the Bible out of context. But often, I won't uh, hear what the context is. For instance, when I was in a different debate about uh, whether there should be public prayer that's government-sponsored or prayer in schools, I would quote Jesus, you know, like, don't be like the hypocrites who uh, pray openly to be seen by others. Instead, go to to the closet and pray in secret, which makes sense to me. But then my opponent says, well, you took that out of context. And I never heard what the context was. Well, I think the I think the context in this situation is, you know, when we read the Bible, we say, hey, you need to read read it as a whole. And I think that as a whole, Paul specifically says that we are to hang out with unbelievers. He said we just aren't supposed to be unequally yoked in the sense of I believe, for example, that if all I hang out with people that are you know, looking at porn, constantly going to strip clubs, constantly depressed, constantly. Basically, you're just defining an atheist. Right, the yeah. depressed <laughs> porn strip strip club people. No, I, I think, uh, and, and I think that is uh, an issue with the Bible, is that it really, from a bird's eye view, it's easy to pick apart, and I'm not assuming that you haven't read it from beginning to end, because I would assume that you have. 
Uh, but I, I think I think Christians tend to look at the Bible as uh, nuts and bolts and take everything and run with it, where I think that it's a a truth that God is using and that God uh, has made perfected, but it's still comprised by humans that have used the English language, which is finite, you know, or Hebrew, Greek, whatever you want to say. And But anyway, the main point of that story is it was great. <laughs> it was hilarious. Hey, hey, Herb, have you ever been in yeah. one of your debates and a Christian said something that made you really think or question what, what you believe? Well, it, they always make me uh, think, and uh, sometimes <laughs> I decide, I really, I shouldn't have said it in the manner that I did, because it, I don't want to unnecessarily insult Christians or try to generalize about Christians. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I've sometimes changed in other debates what I say uh, based on that. But when you say that people should take the Bible as a whole. There's many people who read the entire Bible, but I don't know if you've noticed, they invariably come out with different perspectives, different points of view, and interpret things differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So I'm not sure really what you mean by once you read the Bible as a whole, you'll understand some of these different quotes. Well, Herb, basically yeah. we think we have, uh, we feel like uh, the way you say it is that there's a little bit of good and a little bit, a little bit of bad in everybody, and we for sure uh, feel like there's a lot more bad in people than good, if not all. And so when we read the Bible as people, we, ha- we believe and know that we are come to it with agendas and biases and that we're reading essentially our tendency is to read the Bible wrong and pull stuff out of context to justify what we want it to say, but we acknowledge that, and uh, we feel like when you use the whole, we feel like when you read the Bible and you're humble and led by the Holy Spirit, which is supernatural, and you take everything into consideration and other people, then if you could follow all those things, you get closer to better interpretations. And then in light of certain evidence, sometimes you do have to reinterpret. Um, And so the people that are abusing that are people that probably lack the humility and are just reading it uh, in in a sense where they just want it to say what they want it to say, which we all can be guilty of and would be uh, at at some point. But we believe that most of the time the Bible tells us stuff that we wish it didn't say honestly i wish it did allow for more things than it allows for i wish it didn't come down so hard on me and 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 my sin and and where i'm bad so i think that's closer to a a way to read it and you do have to take into account the the authors and their intention and the cumulative thing but of course we agree with you that the bible is often interpreted wrong and there is no uh you can never say i've got it all interpreted right but that doesn't mean it's not worth trying to do and we actually believe that we have a leg up spiritually when we listen to the supernatural holy spirit and how to read it although we get that wrong too i I mean that's interesting uh because I do uh, like some Christians' interpretations and others not so much because I think a lot of people I would consider good Christians pick and choose uh, which parts of the Bible to emphasize, and those who I don't care for much choose other parts and focus on uh, hurting other human beings, whereas the Christians that I like look at the positive uh, side of Christianity. Incidentally, uh, when you I, you mentioned the, my quoting the Bible about uh, not having that debate, I was actually quoting Paul from Second uh, Corinthians six fourteen, 
where he said, believers must not commune with unbelievers. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, light with darkness, believers with infidels? Joey, that's a good question. Answer the man. (laughs) Well, I I definitely believe that, uh, first of all, to get from the original, uh, which I would say was probably Greek, to where we are right now, we have to look at you know, the different mechanics of language and how different words uh, were available and weren't available. So I guess my guess, my guess would be that the, the usage of the word commune uh, has got to mean a little bit different of what we would see it as now, or else Paul is a schizophrenic uh, because he completely contradicts himself uh, more so in his letters because you know, he basically says um, in another passage, he talks about the different people that you should not associate with. And he names the adulterer. Uh, and, and he, and, but then he says, I'm not talking about the ones that are not Christians. I'm talking about the Christians that claim Jesus. And yet they're going about having sex with whoever they want to. Those are the people not to associate with. So, yeah. And, and, and what I uh, what my concern is. You are interpreting it or trying to interpret it in a humanistic way. Uh, others don't, and that's problematic. And I would like to hear your interpretation of thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, because thousands have been burned at the stake for that passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, Herb. I would go back to the to the, the the first scripture you read. I would say, too, that Paul was writing to very young Christians who were being persecuted and he was uh, away and not staying there. So one of his things would be the same thing as I would tell my daughter, don't hang out with that, that crowd that's going to get you going back to the things you were doing. I, I know for me, I, I did do drugs. I did drink and, and did a lot of stuff. And when I decided to stop those things, I actually couldn't hang out with those people who would potentially, you could potentially call them unrighteous in a way of they were not trying to make me more righteous or good or better so, so I believe I believe to an extent that way, and I think the danger in this is just the same way as if 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 you and I think you agree with this. If you cherry pick one thing out of an out of the context of everything, then it seems dangerous. The same way as if I cherry picked one part of your life, like you said earlier, that you thought when you were younger, if the only thing I knew about you was when you were a teenager and you thought that homosexuality is a perversion, and that's what I told everybody, that would not be true to who Herbie is. That that in fact would not would not signify that much about you at all in fact it would be a very minute part that you probably wish never had happened so i think that is the danger and then with the witch thing yeah that's a that, that's tough that really is tough I, I i guarantee you probably a thousand two thousand years from now people will go man if you everybody in america wanted if you said the word terrorist they would kill them if, if you said the word muslim they might would kill them. you know what i mean like it that doesn't i, I agree with you i think that the context of their culture and what that meant at that time is very hard to translate to now, and that potentially, uh, I believe that the Bible is filled with just terrible, awful people, and the only good one was Jesus. So that that's why we we try to base it on, base it on Him and, and say we would need a Savior, we would need redemption outside of ourselves because we're always going to get it wrong. Herb, does that make sense? That what does it make sense of what Toby's saying that Paul may have been talking to specific people sure, at a specific sure. time, and that has implications, but is not necessarily command of all people right. at all times. Keep in mind, the Bible was written a couple thousand years ago when people had no scientific evidence for things, 
had misogynistic views, mm-hmm. and some of and same with Plato. Uh, but times have changed. Some of the things that were said are true today that I accept. So that's why I do like to cherry pick the parts of the Bible that make sense. And I worry when people focus on things that you would interpret differently in a much more loving way than other Christians would. And then there are passages in my mind, like thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, to completely ignore and recognize it was written at that time. And it was a horrible thing to say. And it's caused a lot of strife in the world, as along with condoning slavery, because slaves were around that time, and it was just generally accepted. So the Bible, I think, was written in a moral way for people of those times. It talked about treating their slaves more kindly, but not condemning the practice of slavery. I agree with you, but then those are easy to pick because you go, okay, well, yeah, killing somebody because we say they're a witch or uh, abusing uh, slaves or, or even slavery in general, the whole idea of it is terrible. It's really easy to say, oh, yeah, killing witches. Man, that was really bad. Those people were bad, and so that means I can't believe this. But regardless, I mean, there, there's tons of things that are killing people right now that we accept. That we're, we're totally sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, you know, okay, so that's all right. Or, or we allow our government to do a certain, certain thing, just like you said. I mean, I, I think that it's just – the context when we pull it out, I believe is it seems like that's unfair because right now we are all accepting some atrocities in our life and killing probably a lot more people than the the amount of witches that were killed from that verse. Yeah. Hey, Herb, you know what's funny is a lot of our listeners uh, who um, they, they're just they're just looking for a fight. I mean, they got oh, on this totally. podcast. They're just like, man, it's gonna be great. And honestly. Uh, we're we're here to learn. We're here to uh, we love these insights, and I think uh, us listening to you and and hopefully uh, you you feel the same way about talking to Christians. So um, I think this conversation is just great, and so I don't want this to seem like a debate. But what I do want to say is, what wouldn't wouldn't you say uh, that slavery uh, in the biblical days is a completely or was a completely different concept? And in addition to that, it was a very radical thing for Paul to say masters and slaves, putting them like on the same level. I mean, that's unbelievable. That that is that was countercultural right there, putting slaves on the same playing field uh, as their masters. And historically, you know, you, you can't look at slavery in the 1800s in America and say that's what it was like in the Bible. I mean, do you agree with that or disagree? Well, well the, I mean, there are different comments about slavery in the Bible. One of uh, the passages uh, talks about uh, if you beat your slave and the slave dies at that moment, uh, then you're guilty of a crime. But if right. the slave lives for a couple of days and then dies, then uh, you're free because you know, uh, this, he was your property. Now, I, I mean, and then you could talk, well, maybe that's an improvement, that you weren't allowed to kill the slave right away. Uh, and uh, um, I, it would seem to me if there was a God who was responsible for writing the Bible, he would have risen more above those times 
uh, than what he did. He might have put some science in the Bible, uh, and, and uh, it just convinces me that the Bible was written by human beings, maybe very good human beings who were doing the best at the time they could, just like we have people writing books now that 2,000 years from now, uh, they're going to look back and laugh about some of the things we said regarding science or uh, how we treat others and say, look how primitive those people were. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Herb. Uh, a question I have, in fact, as far as I'm concerned, I've, I've really enjoyed this interview, but I want to know as as far as you changing your point of view, like you said, if you get new evidence, you would interpret things differently, and that's how you arrived at atheism. So I'm assuming that means that you've never had a supernatural experience of any yeah, kind that you could verify. And I'm asking in the future, if you were to have something that was clearly a supernatural experience, whether it be Jesus or specifically an angel or something, but something that clearly says that we're not, that the physical realm is not the only thing to this universe, then would you reevaluate your view of Bible well, and Christian spirituality? Well, well, sure, except that I'd have probably a higher level of uh, evidence needed for supernatural right. than just coincidence or mm -hmm. what other people have had. In fact, I was in it when I was in a debate running for governor, uh, I was asked, what would it take uh, to make me believe in God? And I said, well, maybe if I won the election, <laughs> it would take that kind of a miracle. <laughs> but, you know, I... Like you're it, saying one it, kooky late night experience where you saw something floating, you wouldn't go up supernatural, right? Well, right. well I see, for instance, how many Catholics seem to be in need of an exorcism because they're inhabited by uh, Satan. So you have professional exorcists go around. And my comment was that uh, there's a 100% way to avoid uh, uh, being inhabited by Satan. Just stop believing in Satan. So I think there are people who are so open to certain kinds of beliefs, they're more likely to feel they experienced it. For instance, as a Christian, you don't remember any of your past lives, whereas I know Hindus who believe in reincarnation and can remember <laughs> some of their past lives. Now, you could, you know, and I think they're sincere, just as Christians are sincere. I just happened not to believe that. And if I had evidence for a past life that I had, maybe I was Napoleon, as some people <laughs> claim to be. And if I had sufficient evidence for that, then I would believe. But I am very skeptical about whether I'll get such evidence for miracles or for past lives. So, yeah. So you're you're a negative on all all the spiritual and miracles both are things that you don't. Well, it's not. A, I wouldn't call myself a negative. I would call myself uh, evidence based. Right, but I'm I, saying that you are you are not. I, I have no beliefs in in the supernatural because sure. I've not seen any evidence for it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, going back to kind of my question earlier, and, and also I know we're probably going to say this in a little bit, but Herb, we really do appreciate you just. Uh, speaking rationally and friendly and just being kind. And I, ho I hope we are not too overbearing to you because you're one. Oh, no, no. Talking to three. I, but I uh, keep in mind, I'm not the only friendly atheist around. Yeah. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so my question, like as not believing in God and still getting back to that idea of right and wrong and stuff like that, what is uh, bad as far as like a bad guy? Where do bad guys come from? And, and w- once again, I mean, even if we eradicated the idea of God, there would be a problem of evil. And and I know that other scientists or atheists would say that, you know, that that doesn't help society keep moving. So it's just a small part. But I believe that it still exists and everybody going back to my earlier point of we still would gossip or still say hurtful things to our spouse or a loved one or re, you know not be good parents all, all these ideas that we think of what we should be and then we don't adhere to that and and I feel like that's an outside invisible thing that we're trying to adhere to or submit to and so how is that not god like like the power of religion even is something that you say is dangerous or you might would say is dangerous or I've heard you know other atheists you know uh Christopher Hitchens or somebody say that religion is dangerous because it has too much power and it just wields it but that that would mean that the idea of god is unbelievably powerful meaning that god even in this existence is powerful so so where does that come from if if there is no god well i i think uh, you're talking about the existence of evil and whether you call it evil or bad things, uh, we're all fallible human beings. I don't feel that I need to invent an infallible being. I just feel we should recognize we're fallible. We make mistakes. Uh, we do ta- hurt others, like I've hurt my spouse on a number of occasions. And I apologize and, and try to work things out. Uh, where we communicate better and we don't hurt each other again, or at least minimally do so. Uh, so my question is, why is that that bad? I remember remember once uh, somebody wrote uh, a hurtful letter about me in the newspaper. Later, I got to meet her, and she told me about it and said after she felt bad after she wrote it, so she apologized to Jesus. And my view is that if you hurt someone, you should apologize to the person you hurt, not just to uh, uh, a God that you believe in. Yeah, I would say that 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 to me, I struggle with it because I go then why, that is that even a big deal then? Like if you if you say a hurtful thing to somebody else or a spouse or you do something what we call wrong, I still feel like that's that that's something. Then what we're saying is that you always need to be nice to your spouse that that is the right thing to do. And then you're saying you're fallible, but that's not what we adhere to. We say you always have to be this way. And if you're not that way, then something's wrong with it. And my question would be, if there is no God, if there is no, like, if if, if right and wrong is subjective, then it, it seems like it wouldn't even be that big a deal to hurt somebody. Why do you need to apologize? That's just who we are. You sometimes, like you said, you sometimes hurt people. So what? Sometimes you help people. So either neither one is good or bad. It's just herb. Well, well, let me quote uh, Abraham Lincoln on this, who said, uh, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. That's my religion. Because, you know, when we hurt our, our loved ones, it makes us feel really bad. And I think there's probably an evolutionary component to so that. So where does that leave the psychopath? Uh, yeah, I mean, those who go around hurting other people are probably not going to reproduce. And our species might once have had a lot of those kinds of psychopaths, but uh, they died out for uh, obvious reasons. So I think 
now, aside from some psychopaths, of course, who still are around, most of us want to do good. We're tempted, and sometimes we cheat and steal and do bad things. But at least we know uh, we shouldn't, and we might try to become better. Uh, but we're all fallible. Well, I think in that thing, uh, Herb, I think a psychopath would be a benefit then because now you don't feel bad ever. So your religion is you, you do good, you feel good, you do bad, you feel good. So that would be the best thing you could be would be a psychopath. And it would probably be selected for evolutionarily in our culture. Well, well what we've selected for is a justice system where you're not allowed to do such harmful things to other people like uh, steal and murder. So I think these psychopaths should be institutionalized. We talked about whether drug uh, users should be, and I say no, but murderers should be. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. For the benefit of our society. Right, but that's what I'm saying. If there's no, you know, objective right or wrong, then they would say, why Why do you get to say that, Herb? I, I wanted to kill somebody. Why do you get to tell me I don't get to just because you think well, it's wrong? I, I, I don't. Well, you know for what instance, I mean? I, our, our local secular humanist group, we don't have commandments, but we do have uh, principles that we try to live by, uh, and they're general ideas about uh applying reason and science to help So they're said by the majority then. So the majority of people make the morality for the larger culture. Pretty much, I think. Uh, But we still should have certain kinds of human rights, especially when you have some cultures that uh, their majority says we need to stamp out the infidels and go about killing all who are not part of it, right? Well, to now, us, it's a pretty hard it's a pretty hard sell to say that that the majority shouldn't make the rules and that there is no objective morality because what you're saying is there is. So even if there is a majority and it's best for all of the society of the Mongols to invade and conquer all of Asia, well, they're, they're, you're saying they're still wrong. But for them, it was the majority and it was good for their culture. So that still points to an objective morality from our point of view. But I'm yeah. okay with leaving it at that. But that does that doesn't make sense to to us at least. No, no. But I think it does show that we ha- are now and have always been in large part a product of our environment, and we want to try in some ways uh, to rise above the bad parts of our environment. Well, Herb, we respect your uh, your integrity, personal integrity that you have, and we more than anything we appreciate your. Uh, your decision to not be inflammatory and difficult when you talk to people that think different things from you. We value that very much, and that's why we like talking to people Christians like you. There's a lot of Christians that way. Yeah, yeah there's you know, a lot of I, Christians I, that don't do that. Let's give an applause, them. Matt. Push the applause button, baby. Herb Silverman, thank you for being on our show today. Uh, and thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, we real, we, real quickly, we just want to mention that Herb has a book called Candidate Without a Prayer, an autobiography of a Jewish atheist in the Bible Belt, and... From the reviews, I just think it's probably a really good book, so I think I'm going to pick it up myself. And then please stop by www.herbsilverman.com. It's a great, great blogs. I was reading your blogs today, Herb, and several of them really made me start laughing out loud, so I really do appreciate your sense of humor as well. My book is funny, too. You'll find out. <laughs> I believe it, Herb. Thank you very much. We'll see right. you soon. All right, Thank have you, a good one. Bye-bye. Herb Silverman, ladies and gentlemen. I enjoyed that interview. Herb is a very charming fellow indeed. Toby, what do you think about uh, the Christian listeners that are saying, how dare 
Toby sends, you know, uh, some Christians that are probably newer in their faith to a super smart atheist uh, website. I mean, you're asking just to lead them astray. Well, I just like I just don't have any fear that something's going to convince me. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's it's the same thing as worrying that you know I'm definitely going to die tomorrow or something like that. Like it. it that's Toby uh, Morello, uh, who's been a Christian for two no, decades. I'm talking about I, you. You just sent other people there. I know, but my point is, I trust God. I, yeah. I trust God for me. I trust God for somebody else. And if somebody doesn't want God, they don't have to have Him. I mean, yeah. I, that, I, I don't know how I struggle with that thought of uh, a sovereign God and still the fact that somebody might could not choose Him. I don't know what that even looks like in actual definition. Essentially, we don't think that God is nervous about what websites we visit. Like he's, you yeah. know what I'm saying? He's not. Yeah. A- Anxious to hope we don't type in that and, URL. And here's what I would say too: is that new Christian is eventually going to run into all that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, yeah. I'm way more worried about the the websites that Christians are going to already right. than <laughs> to worry about that. I mean, if you if you were going to a website and it changed your entire belief system, it wasn't a very strong belief system yeah. anyway. I don't know what that even is. And I, I mean, I'm a person with tons of doubts and concerns and. I can wake up on any given day and go, man, this what I believe is wild. It's yeah. it, it's crazy. It's different, and so um, I don't worry about that because I think Herb was a great guy. It is a great guy. Um, he is the only good atheist that we've ever met. And uh, <laughs> but Logan sucks. Yeah, yeah Logan sucked. Awful. Uh, most most <laughs> most atheists are out to destroy our schools, destroy our children, destroy our families. <laughs> That is their goals, uh, but we uh, we have a lot of atheist friends. Logan is on here. Joel Green is not a Christian anymore. Yeah, I don't know so. if he's an atheist though. Uh, he's, he's agnostic, agnostic or something like that. Yeah. But I don't really separate the difference in the two. I don't value agnostics more than atheists, really. Yeah, yeah, I just overall like I I really appreciated Herb and what he had to say, but I just nobody can really clarify that for me that why. Does somebody get to say that this this thing is bad, but everything else, you know? Toby, I, I'm surprised that you can't clear, you can't. I mean, you say that question, you ask it to everybody all the time, and it's a really, really long question. I'm I'm curious why you can't get it in a more succinct fashion. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm ser- no, I'm serious. I'm not criticizing you talking. I'm no, saying, my, my, no, I asked it, but then I I, I keep going because uh, and and the reason why is because I do, I don't ever get a good enough answer, so I keep adding to it because I feel like I'm not saying. Enough. Yeah, but, but the truth but is, is it, aren't what, you just saying there, that there's not objective a, morality? I mean, in the simple is there question, a, is, is there not objective morality or objective truth? Is the, is the question? But that does the, the answer is all they'll say is no or something like that. But my my point is, okay, an add on question, which is a different question, would be why is it okay for Matt, who say all three of us don't believe in God, why is it okay for you to say that certain things you do are good and certain things uh, you don't do are bad and some of the bad things I do, it just so you just can't get over matter. objective reality apart from God. Period. You just can't. No, I get can't over get over that. You can. There's a worse scale that you can be more right. That right. you can be more wrong. That this sin, stealing a grape, yeah, that's not that. Uh, or this wrong, stealing a grape from a grocery store, not that big of a deal. But murder, yeah, man, that one because I'm scared I'm going to get murdered. I don't care if you you did that to somebody else, or I don't I don't even know how much how deeply I am when, about people murdering other people in, even in other countries. But you know when it's up close or it's right up front, oh, that's yeah, interesting. That, that affects me. But that's interesting. So would you say maybe you wish if you could prevent over here like crimes of stealing your car, like if you could prevent a lot of like really heavy crime here that's not murder, 
versus prevent murders somewhere where you don't know or care about. Like maybe you would choose other people to be murdered in other cultures than everything you have be stolen from repeatedly. Right. I, I mean, I, I so really it's not that it's not that easy to say some crimes are bad, well, that, some are well, not. That was, that was what my point was. He, you know, you can easily cherry pick a, a part of the Bible that says kill witches, but nobody has a problem with child slavery, what, so they can get their Nikes or whatever. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we're doing that right now. That's today. I thought it was and interesting parallel to say that that, that that witch could be like terrorist to them or whatever. You know, like we don't have a problem killing terrorists. We say yeah, kill them. <laughs> but, like, but, they can't survive. You should kill them no matter what. That means something in our cultural context that it won't in 2,000 years. So Yeah, but here's the thing with the whole survival thing, too, is, well, as humans, we, we do what's best to survive, but... What if there's someone that believes actually the best solution is to get out of the earth with, by mass suicide because it's so hard? You know what I'm saying? I mean, who's who's right when it comes to that? Person's to that person's called Joey <laughs> <laughs> Joey wants to have mass suicide through... Go straight to heaven ticket for everybody. <laughs> through some type of murder and sex. <laughs> That's not true. Hey, Toby, what time is it? <laughs> Now it's time for that that objective truth. Oh, uh, the objective truth it is. I, I you know, I mean, I, it, this is outside of me. I just report it. I can't, I can't be this truthful. I'm, I'm that. I'm being truthful. I can't be that truthful. My favorite part is the objective truth section. The news. All right, welcome to the news. My name is to- Joey, Man. and I'm being what? My name is Joey, and <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? He's doing my job for me. <laughs> my name is Joey, and this is the news with me. Matt, why? I mean, I haven't got the- that. Was Joey? He, you couldn't All hear. Right. That was we Joey. Both, Matt, hold jo- on, you know Matt, how Joey what? always interrupts your no. news. He was doing it again. Yeah. No, Matt's just trying to get it out of the way. <laughs> no, jo- I he's mean, just trying to move along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I thought maybe if I preemptively interrupted it and then moved on with it, that would satisfy Joey, and we could get on with the news. Is that okay, Joey? Did that work for you? I really. I really resent what you just did, man. Well, I'm sorry if I impersonated you. I know our voices sound alike, so you actually. Really I thought I could get it. away with it. Uh, no, I love you, sir. South Carolina mom calls cops on her 15 year old son after finding porn. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, a mother in South Carolina. Can y'all guess what butthole city that she? Columbia. No, nope. Buford. The worst. Spartanburg. In. Lawrence. Spartanburg, South Carolina. Called the sheriff's deputies on her son this week after finding porn playing on the TV. She stated that when she entered the residence, her 15-year-old son was in his bedroom and her daughter turned on the TV and porn was on. So the 40-year-old mom immediately turned off the TV, ushered her two-year-old daughter out of the room, and then called the police on her son. <laughs> what do you guys think about What, that? did she think it was a crime or something or she just didn't know yeah. what else to do? Yeah, Lieutenant Kevin Bobo said, I don't think that any laws were broken. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think in in the South, you almost have like a gentleman's mentality. Like there has definitely been times when a parent has called the cops and the cop will pull up and the parent will go to the cop real quick and say, hey, scare the hell out of them, please. And the cop's just like, all right, I get it. You know, whether it's drinking underage, but that that would distinguish itself because obviously drinking underage is a crime. But I do think that she probably was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna scare. Or do you think she's just ignorant enough to think it was a, a, bro- a broken law? No, I actually think she wanted to scare her son completely. Yeah. And, and don't you have to be, I mean, technically you have to be 18 or above to consume porn. Probably, right? yeah. But does, can she, did she get in trouble for false police report or anything like that? 
No, I don't think so. I don't think anything was uh, was she, uh, no laws were broken or whatever. So well, while that, she was calling the cops about that, there were people that were committing crimes because of marijuana. That's so true. I hope she's happy. That's totally, true. Totally, totally, totally. All right, I'd like to get to a. Uh, I, uh, I believe that was from NBC.com. I'd like to move on to ABC. Crocodile takes a shark takes on a shark during an epic battle. You guys like those uh, ideas of just animals. You know, fighting each other. I'd totally. The most fascinating one is raccoon against a possum. The most fascinating one is raccoon against possum. I want to know which one would win. I want to see. I mean, there's way more vicious. What about like a bear versus a lion? I'd love to see a raccoon and a possum. Well, who do y'all think would win between a tiger and a gamecock? Oh, golly. That's, That's not even a Who do you think would win between a Clemson cheerleader and a gamecock cheerleader? How about uh, a Clemson cheerleader or a gamecock lineman? <laughs> if the work ethics is like Jadavian Clowney, <laughs> the cheerleader. The most absolute truth is that USC sucks. <laughs> <laughs> An Australian tourist was left stunned when he witnessed a crocodile attempting to swallow a shark. Earlier, says Andrew Pace. How big was the shark, do you know? I'll tell you in just a minute. Can okay. I finish my damn news? <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, we saw an 18-foot male crocodile known as Brutus leaping out of the water to eat a piece of buffalo meat. They held out to him on a pole. Brutus. When they went back by, they happened to see a fin in the shark's mouth, and then the boat, the, the dri- boat driver, boat driver, the captain, he drove closer, and they realized he was fighting off what looks to be. They don't say the size, but the, in the pictures, uh, the shark was like about six feet long. Wow! So it's a big shark. I mean, I, in the pictures, the shark looks like hundreds of pounds. Uh, the shark was fighting, but Brutus, who is an eighty-year-old one-eyed Ooh crocodile drug the shark into the water not to be seen again so in that instance the crocodile won now i don't know what what, like that the difference now is like a giant crocodile uh versus like a great white or something like that that would be pretty cool yeah and i don't think they would ever really have that opportunity you don't think so i mean if humans kind of started it but then that would be illegal like cockfighting I'll fight a cock right now. <laughs> Matt, you still with us? Hey, yes, did y'all know that? I, being from the South, you guys may not know this, but did y'all know um, that Priscilla told me that there would be people at her college who would find uh, on eBay or maybe when they're in South Carolina, they would buy a USC hat that said cocks on it just because they thought it was hilarious. And so you would have sure. people in Iowa with a hat. People in South oh, Carolina yeah, they do, do that. that everywhere. Yeah, all over the country. That's why it's just a disgusting school. It's just a uh, disgusting place. Uh, okay, here's my last bit of news from AP, Absolute Punk. <laughs> Insurer pays off lawsuit with thousands in coins. An insurance company, I thought this was pretty interesting, insurance company trying to be jerky, surprise, surprise. An insurance company settled a lawsuit with a Los Angeles man by dropping off buckets full of thousands of quarters, nickels, dimes, and pennies, his attorney said Wednesday. Andres Karasak. <laughs> Whoa, that was a backmasking. I was trying to say it faster. I've, I realized that my mispronunciations, maybe if I say them faster, Andrew's got a cynical. Uh, 76 filed a lawsuit in 2012, won the lawsuit, and the company, after they reached a settlement in June, delivered partial payment in the form of a check 
but also tried to leave buckets of loose change in the lawyer's <laughs> That office. is a super cool thing to do because it's really a screw you because it screw me and screw you because it costs money and a lot of work to do it, but it's just yeah. to hurt the other person, but there's nothing they can do about it. So I think that's a pretty cool move. Yeah, be, estimated- it's way cooler when it happens from like a, a, a one person does it to a big company. It's a little bit oh, worse totally. coming down from an insurance company, but it's still funny. It's still a good idea. Yeah, I agree. They said the estimated was $20,000, so there was like 17 buckets of coins. Wild, wild, wild. So that's my news, guys. All right. It Boring a, as hell. It felt no. a little down. It felt a little down today. I don't it know was. if it's Joey. It was. Joey, hey. maybe you actually pumped me up some. Can You know, maybe you're like my fire that keeps me going, my truth. Well, my- it's kind of like for those of you that saw the movie uh, Unbreakable, Samuel L. Jackson was looking for Bruce Willis because he felt like his life would have more purpose with Bruce Willis uh, being anti the villain. So, yeah, basically, I'm like a Superman, and you're like a crippled Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>